Bryce Elder continues to pitch more like a Cy Young candidate than a fifth starter. Plus, the Atlanta Braves hit the baseball harder than anyone in all of the league. I'm going to tell you why that offensive approach has made the Atlanta Braves one of the best offenses in all of baseball. All of that on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're watching there, hit that thumbs up button as well to help support the show. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day and thank you so much to all of my everydayers out there if you are an everydayer let me know down in the comment section below love hearing from you on today's podcast we're going to recap tuesday's win over the miami marlins bryce selders amazing performance what he has now done over his last 11 starts he is pitching more like a top of the rotation pitcher than a fifth starter we'll dive into that a little bit and then on our stat of the day wednesday we're going to talk about exit velocities, average exit velocities, hard hit percentage, what that means, how the Braves have become one of the best in all of baseball and getting those high exit velocity numbers and what that approach does for this offense. We'll discuss that and then talk about the player of the month for April, which was Ronald Acuna Jr. Who else? We'll talk about that later in the episode as well and set you up for Wednesday night's game. Well, let's start with Bryce Elder on Tuesday night. Just incredible i mean seven innings three hits no walks no earned six strikeouts 96 pitches i honestly think he probably could have gone a complete game if they wanted him to and probably would have had his second complete game shutout for the atlanta braves but had a long inning there in the top of the eighth and the braves extended their lead so it makes sense to bring him out as you know you listen to me i'm never in favor of bringing out a pitcher who's in a groove as bryce elder was and man was he ever on Tuesday night? One thing that I really loved about this start from Bryce Elder, he just faced these guys a week ago, and he has faced the Marlins more than anybody in his young career. They know him. But a week ago, he gave up three home runs to this Marlins team, a Marlins team that doesn't hit a lot of home runs, and they're playing in a much more pitcher-friendly ballpark now in Miami. But 11 groundouts on the night for Bryce Elder. That is that's huge. That's when he's working and pitching to his strengths when he's getting those weak con that weak contact and those ground balls. And it's exactly what he was doing on Tuesday 11 ground outs, six strikeouts, only three flyouts. I mean, the guy just it's exactly what you want when everything is going for him. And I talked about this on the postcast. And if you're not listening to the postcast, you can get it over on Lockdown Sports Atlanta on YouTube or in the Lockdown Braves podcast feed. We'll do that. Me and Grant McCauley do those after just about every game. But I talked about it on the postcast the fact that when he's able 
to locate his pitches, which have so much movement. And I've said that about, about Bryce Elder forever. Yeah, he doesn't throw hard, but every pitch he throws has a ton of movement. And Michael Harris was quoted after the game. You know, what impresses him the most? Watching him from the outfield, he says, nothing is straight. And that is the strength of Bryce Elder is that everything has movement. And when you can get ahead in the count and you can dictate what pitches you want to throw in an 0-2-1-2 count, and you can get the batter to swing at your pitches, he is going to be very successful. And I know that's easy to say, and you're not exactly rocket science, but it's what he has to do and needs to do to succeed. And that game that he had against the Marlins last week, when he got in trouble, when he got hit hard, is when he falls behind in the count, and he has to come over the middle of the plate with one of those pitches, and it's going to get hit hard. But he has so much movement. If he can get ahead, he gets one, two strikes on you, gets ahead in the count, and he can throw that sinker inside to righties and get you to swing on top of it. He can throw that ball running away from righties into lefties, get him to swing on top of it, not make that good contact. That's when he's at his best, and that's when he can be as effective as he was on Tuesday night and what how effective he has been throughout really his last 11 starts now. 88.9 mile per hour average exit velocity against him. That is fantastic. I mean, we're talking Max Freed type of territory here. Only nine whiffs. Again, not a lot of swings and misses. That's not his strength. His strength is getting weak contact, getting ahead in the count, and getting batters to swing at his pitches. 19 called strikes. Again, getting a lot of called strikes, pounding the strike zone. No walks is huge. Again, somebody with his type of movement, there are going to be times where he struggles with command and he loses control of those pitches and walks batters or gets behind and counts. But no walks, absolutely phenomenal for Bryce Selder. Again, getting ahead in the count, five and a third or more in all six of his starts this year. Not only is he pitching great, he is giving you a ton of length. Right now, five and a third innings. He's worked into the sixth inning in every start he's had this season, and he's given up zero earned runs in four of those six starts. I mean, the guy's off to an incredible start, but it hasn't just been this year. We can now go back 11 starts, his past 11 starts. Six uh, six innings, no earned. Six and a third, no earned. Five and a third, three earned. Six innings, no earned. Five and a third, four earned. Seven innings, no earns. Five innings, four earned runs. Nine innings, no earned runs. A complete game shutout he had against the the Nationals last year. Five and two-thirds, one earned. Six innings, no earned. Seven innings, one earned. That's his last 11 starts. 68 and two-thirds innings, 13 earned runs. That's a 1.71 ERA for Bryce Elder in his last 11 starts. He's gone at least five innings in each of those starts. He's given up one earned or less. In eight of those starts, I don't know what more we need to see from the guy at this point to prove that he is a mainstay in the rotation and deserves to be in there. Again, I talked about it yesterday. It seems like everybody's just waiting for him to slip up so they can see Michael Soroka in the rotation. I want to see Soroka too, but this guy, Bryce Elder, just continues to impress and pitch well. Now, you can take a step back and you can look at those starts and say he hasn't faced the best competition. The Cardinals, who are struggling this year, the Reds, the Royals, uh, the Marlins, he's faced them five times over that stretch. The Nationals, two times. Now, he did face the Astros 
who have been somewhat in a struggle to start the year, not quite themselves, but six innings, no earned against the Astros. And either way, I don't care who you're facing. You have a stretch like that, a, a long stretch like that of success. You're doing something right. And I just think that's where we're at with Bryce Elder. I'm not saying he's going to pitch to a sub two ERA for the rest of the season, but I've always loved him as a back of the rotation guy. He is pitching better than that at this point. But again, I just love the movement on his pitches when he's able to locate them and get ahead and pound the strike zone. He can be such an effective pitcher. You got a good defense behind him, which I know the defense of the infield for right now is maybe a little shaky, but it was great on Tuesday night. He's going to be effective. So I really love what Bryce Elder's doing, and I think he's going to be a big part of this rotation for years to come. Now, moving to the offensive side of things, love the offensive approach. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about the high exit velocity numbers that the Braves have. But for what they did on Tuesday against Sandy Alcantara, it was a different type of game plan that we're not used to seeing from this Braves offense. They really made Sandy work. They got him up to 48 pitches after two innings. They couldn't quite get that big hit, but they kept putting pressure on him and knocked him out early because they were able to foul off some tough pitches, taking one out of the Mets playbook. They took some close pitches, had some deep counts. Bases loaded, no outs in the third inning. Only got one run out of that because they had the double play. So they did have some opportunities to really bust it open and knock him out of the game even earlier. But still, I loved the approach from the Braves offense against a really good pitcher in Sandy Alcantara. I know he's struggling to start the year, but you see the stuff. It's still there. So I really love the approach from the Braves hitters, able to get three runs off of him. I mentioned Eddie Rosario. He grounded into that double play with the bases loaded. I think he and Ozzy both swinging at first pitches, perhaps a little too aggressive there, but did at least get the run in, put the ball in play. And then he had a big two-out RBI single in the fifth inning to make it a three to nothing game. I thought that was a huge moment because it was still a close game. Even though Bryce Elder was cruising, it was still a close game at that point. So I thought that was a huge hit for Eddie Rosario. Good to see Ron Acuna back healthy in the lineup, double right off the rip to start the game, showing that he is fine. That shoulder is fine. Had a stolen base later in the game and did a somersault further showing that shoulder is okay. Just missed a grand slam. Ended up being a sacrifice fly. Really wish he would have got that slam, but still good to see him back out there. And then I want to talk about Austin Riley. If you missed yesterday's podcast, I did a deep dive into Austin Riley. What's plaguing him, what's really giving him a lot of trouble right now, and you saw that in this game. Um, he did have a hit, and he had a bases-loaded walk in this one, which is you know some encouraging signs there. Didn't strike out, put the ball in play four times. However, only one of those balls was hit hard. It was a ground out in his first at bat, which had a minus five launch angle, and it was a change up down and in. What we talked about yesterday, the pitch that's really plaguing him, the off-speed pitch, particularly that pitch down and in. He's just constantly getting on top of it and driving it into the ground, and you saw that again on Tuesday night. Yesterday we talked about the fact he taking meatball pitches right down the middle. He took a meatball pitch in down the middle in his second at bat. He did it again in his third at bat as well. Both fastballs right down the middle. First pitch of an at bat. He's just taking them. Uh, we're seeing that a lot this year. Again, we discussed that yesterday. The hit he have, it had, it did come on a changeup that was kind of middle in off the plate. He got his hands in on it, was able to find a hole, hit just 79.1 miles per hour, was able to sneak through the infield. So 
I don't put a lot of stock in that swing. Glad to see him get a hit and get one on the board. You'll take him however you can get him right now, but not necessarily an encouraging type of swing. Um, swung at the first pitch meatball in his fourth at bat. So encouraging seeing him starting to swing at those pitches, but he fouled it off and missed it. To me, it was pretty telling. You watched how Sandy Alcantara attacked Austin Riley in this one. He didn't give Riley anything on the outer half of the plate. And Alcantara has a good slider, another pitch that's been giving Riley trouble. But you want to get Riley out right now. It's throwing those off-speed pitches down and in, especially righty-righty. Those are what are absolutely killing him right now. And I thought it was very telling that that's where Alcantara just kept going against righty. And Alcantara has a very good changeup. I don't know how you call it a changeup when it's 92 to 94 miles per hour, but he has a good one, and he just kept throwing it inside to Austin Riley, hoping that he would get on top of it and drive it into the ground, which he did a couple of times. So, again, we'll be monitoring that, hoping Riley can get out of this slump, but I just wanted to highlight it because a lot of those were the things we talked about in yesterday's podcast, and you saw them, an example of those, in this game on Tuesday. All right, next, I want to get into the offensive approach for the Braves and the exit velocity numbers for them in our stat of the day Wednesday. We'll discuss that next. You remember that 30-day free trial you started 90 days ago? Are you like me and you have so many subscriptions it's hard to keep track of them all? Rocket Money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't use. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them as well, just like me. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for you, you don't want to pay for anyone. You just hit cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. I've tried it out. It really is that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash MLB. All right, make sure if you are listening to the Braves Marlins game, you do so on Sirius XM, search keyword Braves, and you'll be able to find that there on your Sirius XM app. I got uh, obviously a couple more games coming up with the Marlins this week, and then coming home with a good series against the Baltimore Orioles, who are a really, really good and fun team. That should be a really good series to watch in Baltimore. We'll have a preview for that series coming up later in the week as well. We'll have a mailbag episode on Friday too. So make sure you're thinking of those questions for that show coming up. It is our stat of the day, a Wednesday. And on today's stat of the day, Wednesday, we're going to look at average exit velocity. The Braves are first in baseball with a 90.6 mile per hour average exit velocity. That takes all the balls put in play by a team and averages them, them averages them out to see who has the highest average exit velocity on balls in play in the Braves. When they put a ball in play, they put a ball in play with some heat on it, 90.6 miles per hour. Last year, they were second in all of baseball at 89.9 miles per hour. Toronto was first at 90.2. So you see where the Braves are right now at 90.6. That's even higher than the top team from last year and a little bit higher than the Braves were. 
but it's up and down the lineup. When we talk about the depth of this lineup and how dangerous it is, it's because just about everybody in this lineup is capable of hitting a ball extremely hard, and they do so on a regular basis. Ronald Acuna Jr., these were as of – I was putting these together on Tuesday night, so it may not include Tuesday night's games, but Ronald Acuna Jr. ranked sixth in all of baseball at 95 miles per hour average exit velocity. Just so you know, what is considered a hard-hit ball is 95 miles per hour or harder. He is averaging – a hard hit ball every time he puts the ball in play. Same for Matt Olson, who ranks seventh at 94.8 miles per hour. Sam Hilliard, 15th at 93.3 miles per hour. Um, before Travis Darno got hurt, he doesn't qualify right now, but he was at 92.4 miles per hour, and Orlando Arcia was at 91 miles per hour. And Sean Murphy, he ranks 90th at 90.5 miles per hour. And even Austin Riley and all his struggles, he ranks 102nd at 90 miles per hour so you look at all of those guys who are averaging 90 miles per hour on every ball that they put in play that is just a dangerous deadly lineup to have that many hitters who when they put the ball in play and that's a struggle we'll talk about that here more in a second you know it's going to be hit extremely hard which increases their chances of getting hits of getting home runs you even go further beyond that and you got guys who are not Far behind that 90 mile per hour uh, threshold, Rosario, who doesn't typically have a high average exit velocity, he's at 89.5 miles per hour right now. Ozzy, who's been heating up, he's at 89.1, or I'm sorry, um, Ozuna's at 89.1. He always has high exit velocities. Ozzy is at 87.2. So, again, it's pretty much the entire lineup right now for the Braves that are hitting the ball extremely hard, 90 miles per hour or harder, when they do put the ball in play. Hard hit percentage, Braves ranked second at 44.5% behind the Rays, who are at 44.7%, so just ahead of the Braves. And the Rays, as you may know, they've been the best team in baseball for the first month of the season, and they're at the top of just about every category right now. So what does that hard hit percentage, what does those average exit velocities do? It typically leads to a lot of, Hits a lot of extra base hits. The Rays are third in Major League Baseball and slugging at 449 behind the Rays, who I just mentioned are off to an incredible start. They have a 528 slugging percentage, which is just ridiculous. The Cubs are actually second at 451, but the Braves right there at the top of the league in slugging percentage. So again, for those who are maybe somewhat new to analytics, you see all these average exit velocity numbers or these exit velocity numbers when the Braves hitters put the ball in play. What does that mean? And quite simply, it's what I said a minute ago. The harder you hit the ball, the better chance of success that you have. Even on ground balls, it gives you a better chance of getting one through a hole if it's hit at a higher exit velocity. And obviously, if you're hitting the ball hard and you get the right launch angle, it's going to give you a better opportunity to hit the ball out of the ballpark. It's why the Braves have been one of the best teams in all of baseball and hitting home runs in the last couple of years because when they do make contact, they hit the ball extremely hard. Hard Now, exit velocities aren't everything. You do need that launch angle, as I just mentioned. And that's really something the Braves have somewhat struggled with this year. Despite all the home runs they have, and they're, again, tops in the league in slugging percentage, they actually have a 10.2 average degree launch angle right now, which is the fifth lowest degree of launch angle in all of baseball. It was 13.5 last year. So the Braves are getting on top of the ball 
a lot more this year. Still hitting the ball hard, but a lot of these Braves hitters, we you know talked about it with Acuna, we talked about it with Riley. Their launch angle just isn't where we're used to it seeing, and we're not seeing them get some of the launch. Still having a lot of success, at least in terms of Acuna, but for the team overall, even that launch angle just still isn't where it was last year. And you need to make contact in order for these uh, numbers to work out and for you to get the hits and to get the home runs. And this is where the Braves have struggled. And again, I want to get into it here in a second. You kind of have to take the good and the bad with this offensive approach. The Braves have the ninth most strikeouts in all of baseball, the eighth highest chase percentage. That's not good. Third highest whiff percentage, also not good. And they're last in the league in zone contact percentage, which means pitches that are in the zone that they swing at, they have the least or they are last in the league and making contact with those pitches. Not good. Those are not good stats, but you have to take the good and the bad with this approach. You're going to have swings and misses. You're going to have strikeouts because of how hard these Braves hitters swing. Yes, they're getting those exit velocities, but it comes with a price because you're not able to make as much contact as you would if maybe you cut down on your swing a little bit. Now, one thing the Braves have done a great job of this year is their fifth most uh, they have the fifth most walks in all of baseball, and that is certainly great. If you're going to strike out a lot, at least take your walks. So when you do get those hard hits, you get those extra base hits, those home runs, you're making them matter even more. The question comes for this offense is, when do you sacrifice exit velocity for contact? And I think the Braves have a couple of those hitters in the lineup. We've talked about it over the last week or so. Vaughn Grissom, Eddie Rosario, I think are two guys that really – help this number in the lineup. You've seen it with even the top of the Braves order, even Acuna, as great as he's been, Olsen and Riley, and to a degree, Murphy. When those guys come up, they're not choking up with two strikes just to put the ball in play. They're swinging hard every single time. How many ever cuts they get in their bat, they're swinging hard. And I want them to because more often, more than often than not, those guys are going to come through with a big hit and a home run or an extra base hit. But I think you do need some guys in the lineup who you can count on to put the ball in play. And it just gives you a different type of approach offensively, and it allows you to score in different ways. We've seen stretches this year even. There's been two particular stretches where the Braves have lost some games, some of that because of the bullpen. But also in those stretches, the Braves have struggled with runners in scoring position, not putting the ball in play, not being able to manufacture runs. What I loved in some of these games this past week particularly with Eddie Rosario up and Vaughn Grissom up. Brian Snicker has had the confidence to send the runner at first base, put a runner in motion, knowing Grissom, Rosario are going to put the ball in play, and they've done so, and it's worked to perfection. It's nice to have guys in the lineup who can do that as well, giving you another dimension to your offense and another way to score. So, again, you got to take the good and the bad with this type of approach. And more often than not, and we've seen it over the last couple of years, the Braves have been one of the best offenses in baseball with this type of approach. But it is great to have a couple of guys in the lineup who can do a little bit of both. It's why I was so big on signing either Andrew Benintendi or Michael Conforto in the offseason because they bring a different dynamic to the lineup. They get on base. They put the ball in play. And I think you need some more of those hitters throughout the lineup. Yeah, in a perfect world, you have guys who can do both, but that's not always the case, and that's very hard to find. But for the most part, this Braves offense, it relies on that hard 
contact, making the hard hit balls 95 miles per hour or harder, and they do a great job at it. They're one of the best, if not the best in baseball at doing that over the last several years, and it will continue. It makes it a lot of fun to watch when they do put the ball in play. But again, it's great to have some other guys throughout this lineup who can do a little bit of both, who can also put the ball in play and give you multiple ways to score runs. So that's our stat of the day Wednesday. Braves are top in all of baseball and average exit velocity at 90.6 miles per hour, something that they do extremely well. All right, next, I want to talk about Ron Acuna Jr., who became or who was named the NL Player of the Month for April. We'll discuss that and set you up for Wednesday's game where Kyle Wright takes the mound. You've heard about So Rare. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. I got Freddie Peralta on my So Rare team this week. He had a great night on Tuesday, so hopefully that helps me earn some more scarcity cards. I need to improve my team for sure on So Rare. It's been a lot of fun. I've been playing it all year long. Haven't had a ton of success so far, but trying to build up my team collecting some of these cards there's a, a two two cycles a week a three and four day cycle so you get multiple chances to try to win some rewards and these rewards can be really good especially as you move up levels and competition but you can win scarcity cards as i mentioned game tickets merchandise signed jerseys vip experiences like meeting mlb stars again these prizes vary depending on the level of competition uh, but it's really fun i've been enjoying it i think you will as well. So head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Probably comes to no surprise to Braves fans, but Ronald Acuna Jr. was named the NL Player of the Month for April, where he hit 352 and 986 OPS, four home runs, 13 stolen bases. He had 13 stolen bases in 18 strikeouts. He almost had as many stolen bases as strikeouts, 16 walks as well. Only one game in all, all 26 games in April that he did not at least have a hit or a walk, and he scored 23 runs. In those 26 games, what a start to the season for Acuna. So glad to see him back in that lineup and healthy. Just please, please, please let him stay healthy all season long. But really love what he has done, obviously, early in the season. Hope that that will continue. A little bit of news on Rysel Iglesias was somewhat hoping, hoping that he would be ready for this Miami series. But Brian Snicker said they want to give him a couple of more rehab appearances. So, uh, we'll see that later this week at Gwinnett. And then maybe this weekend against Baltimore, he'll return when the Braves come back home. But Iglesias not quite ready to rejoin the bullpen yet. On Wednesday, it'll be Kyle Wright versus Braxton Garrett. Another rematch from last week. Wright's, both of these guys' starts got cut short. Kyle Wright was having a fantastic start to that game. He had six strikeouts in three innings against the Marlins in that one, looking like he was really taking some steps forward. That curveball was just looking brilliant out there. Hopefully that continues. We see him pick that up. Miami does have a dome on their stadium, so no worries about a rainout in this one. I want to see Kyle Wright continue to progress and get better each and every start. Braxton Garrett was looking good as well in that rain-shortened game. Um, you know, he's been really good all year for the Marlins. He's given up two earned or less in every start, and he's walked one or fewer. 
So don't expect to go up there taking a lot of walks against Braxton Garrett this season. He has only allowed one home run. This is going to be a tough matchup for the Braves. Left-handed pitcher, uh, but he's been really good so far to start the season. Only thing is he hasn't thrown more than 85 pitches in a game thus far. We'll see if that changes on Wednesday, but could be another opportunity to get a pitcher out of there pretty early. Hopefully you can get to him, scratch a couple of runs across, and Kyle Wright can continue what he was doing in that rain short and start last week. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Again, you're going to listen to the game on Wednesday night. Do so on Sirius XM. Search for the word Braves to find that there on your Sirius XM app. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Make sure that you are subscribed on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button. Make sure that you check us out on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at shortstopball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 